All right, Jabosei, good morning. Let us, let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors for today's share. Thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Kislev, Sammy Amalka Esterson, for dedicating all of the Shiurim and Drushos this month in memory of their parents. Yitzchok Leib Ben Aaron Akoin. Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram and Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating the Shurim this week in honor of the birth of a grandson. Travai Henech Morris, Rosh Kolal of the Columbus Community Kolal and his wife Chaya, born to their children Isaac and Esther Morris of Baltimore, Mazel Tov. Both with that, let us begin. So we have a really incredible daf ahead of us today. Really exciting. You want to both say, also just point out, you'll notice yesterday on the, on the WhatsApp, on the WhatsApp group, I, uh, I posted just the PDF of, sorry, PDF of Shulchan Aruch. So we are going to be focusing on that a little, so hence the earlier start today. want to focus on some important halacha. So let's begin. So we are picking up, today's daf is hey, five, but we are picking up on Dalit Ahmed Beis, and we are picking up about uh, 12 lines up from the bottom. We need two, four, six, eight, ten. It's about 13 lines up from the bottom. Amravasi, Amraviochanon, Halacha Krabiud. I will say in the wide lines, it is two, four, six, Seven lines down in the wide lines. I'm Rabbi Asi, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. We're going to get a little, oh, sorry, a little bit of an earlier start just on the daft. So the Gemara is, I'm Rabbi Asi, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Halach Rabbi Yehuda. The Halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda. Those remember again Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah saying that when do you begin Mashivaruach Amori Dagesham, you begin on the last day of Shmini Atzeres, and Rabbi Yehuda holds that Halacha Lamaisa, the Bar Shachris doesn't say it, and the Bar Musaf does say it. Did Rabbi Yochanan actually say that the halacha follows Rabbi Huda? Is that really true? But now we learned, Yes, we learned. On the third of Cheshvan is when we begin to ask for rain. Rabbi Gamil says, No, not on the third of Cheshvan, but rather on the seventh of Cheshvan. And Rabbi Lazar said that the halacha follows Rabbi Gamil, Amrale Gavra Agavra Karamis. Okay, so it could be that Rabbi Lazar and Rabasi and then Rabbi Yochanan say two different things. In other words, it's not a contradiction. People could have different opinions. Ibai, same with the other possibility is Lokasha, Kan Lishol, Kan Lahaske. I will say again, the constant tension in this sugya is whether or not Sha'ila and Haskara are linked. Right? So the Havamina of the question is based on the premise that Sha'ila. Requesting rain, haskara, which is saying Talmud Libracha, haskara, mentioning rain, Mashiachamuragashim, are the same thing. Or are actually not are the same thing, but are linked. And then the Gemara says, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. So it could very well be that the Allah Fazra Bihuda by Mashivarach Moridagashem, namely that you begin it on Shmini Atzeres, and at the same time the Allah follows Rabbi Gamliel, namely that you go ahead and begin the same Talmud Libracha on the seventh of Khashan. So the Gemara says as follows: Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, "One said, Rabbi Yochanan said, maskir." So Rabbi Yochanan said, "However, Rabbi Yochanan does link does link she'ila with haskara." And Rabbi Yochanan explicitly says that when you ask is when you remember. Namely, when you say the same talumat alivracha, that's the time that you also say mashiv haruach umorid 
To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Here's what's interesting. Everyone is going to agree that Hazkara, and Sheila, the same Talmud Livracha are linked when? Are linked when? By the cessation of the request. Because we saw this in yesterday's daf. It doesn't make sense to continue one of those without the other. So, for example, once you stop saying the same Talmud Livracha, it doesn't make sense to say and, and, and vice versa. Oh, that's the, at least the Gemara's premise right now. And vice versa. However, again, when it comes to when it comes to this beginning, we already the Gemara already, already demonstrated. One could make the argument that you could begin saying when it's the season of rain, even though you're not what actually asking for rain. One could make, which is in fact we know what, what we do. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says of Hamra Yochanan Pasak milisha, pasak milaskir. But yet Rabbi Yochanan is explicit in saying that when you begin the haskara, mashivarach amari dageshem, is when you should begin the she'ila. And when you end the she'ila, is when you should end the haskara. Elo kasha, rather the Gemara says, still it's not a contradiction. Halon, halahu. One ultimately, again, is for Bavel, and one is for Eretz Yisrael. What's the distinction between Babel and Eretz Yisrael? I'll take a look at Rashi. I'll say Rashi is in the in the about three six, about nine eight nine ten lines up from the bottom. Halon basada kol Visham So I'll say interestingly enough. So the Gemara suggests. In Bavel, in Bavel, produce remains in the field later on. Later on, produce is in the field all of Tishrei. So in Bavel, they do not begin to ask for rain until the 7th of Cheshvan. And the Havmin of the Gemara is, 7th of Cheshvan is when you begin the same Talamat Libracha, and 7th of Cheshvan will also be when you begin Mashivaruch Mori Nageshen. Masha'inkin in Eretz Yisrael is a little bit different. Look at Rashi, Vahaluhu, Libnei Eretz Yisrael, we're already again they they har- they harvest in Nisan, and they're already the, all the crop is already brought in to the into the silos by Tishrei by Sukkis time. So ultimately, again, then they'll begin to say Mashivarach Maragesham. And on the Znova Saint Hamat Libracha, but you will say the Saint Hamat Libracha already again on Shmini Atzeres. So Mashna Ladidon. So why why this distinction? Why would there be a distinction between the practices of Eretz Yisrael and Babel? To the Gemara, the says Mashna Ladidon. The Islan Peri Bedabra. Because we'll say ultimately again in Babel it's going to be different because as we just saw they'll begin both Sheila and Haskara a little bit later, because they still have produce in the field. So the Gemara says, nami islu But in Eretz Yisrael, there's also a good reason to delay, to delay the request for rain. What's the delay for the request of rain? Ultimately, oli regalim. And also remember again, after Sukkis, people need to get back home. People need to get back home. But also remember again, by Masechah's Yuma, remember by Yuma, the tefillah of the Kohen Gadol by the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And what was the last thing the Kohen Gadol, little Chazor, last thing the Kohen Gadol said by the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Velo tehei tefillahs ovrei drachim over lefanecho, nichnas lefanecho, over lefanecho. Do not let the tefillahs of the travelers 
right, sway your divine opinion regarding rain. People didn't want rain on the way back. Right? They didn't want rain on the way back. So ultimately, again, in Eretz Yisrael, there's a reason to delay rain as well, the request for rain, because of the Oli Regalim. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Islu Oli Regalim, ve'im yardu lahem gishamim kashlam echazirasam. If it's raining for the Oli Regalim, it's difficult for them to make their way back home. To which the Gemara says, you're right, ki kam Rabbi Yochanan, bizman shein beis hamikdosh kayim. Rabbi Yochanan is talking about a time where there is no Beis HaMikdosh, to which the Gemara says, well, and therefore again, no issue with Ole Drachim. Well, if that's the case, you, you could say both opinions are reflective of the practices in Eretz Yisrael. So ultimately, again, the Gemara says, well, it's very simple. You could say, you, you could reconcile two opinions as follows. When the Beis HaMikdash is standing and there are Olei Regalim, we won't begin the request for rain until the 7th of Cheshvan. But when there is no Beis HaMikdash, Rahman al-Islam, and there are no Olei Regalim, so ultimately you can begin the request for rain even earlier on. To which the Gemara says, Va'anan, de'islei treyomi hechi avdinam. So we'll say, now we're transitioning back. So we'll say, let's take a step back for just a moment. The Gemara is operating under the premise of Rabbi Yehuda, namely, that we begin the request. When? On what we call Shmini Atzeres. Shmini Atzeres. So the Gemara says, well, what do we do, what do, we do in Chutz when we have two days? So we'll say, remember again, when we have Shmini, when we, when we celebrate Shmini Atzeres, on a technical level, our Shmini is Shmini Safek Shvi, right? That's why we sit in the Sukkah on Shmini Atzeres. Right, because it's right, Sveka de Yoma, it might be the eighth day, it might be the seventh day. And then what we call Simchas Torah, which is day nine, is Tishi'i Safek Shmini. Maybe it's the ninth day, maybe it's the eighth day. So now the Gemara asks such a good kasha. So what do we do in Chutz Laaretz in terms of, let's assume we adopt the position of Yehuda, namely that we go ahead and we begin Mashivarach Morid Geshem on day number eight of Sukkis. We'll call it day eight of Sukkis. Shmini Atzeres. What does that mean for us? When, when is day eight? Is that what we call Shmini Atzeres, which is Shmini Safik Shvi'i? Is it Sinchas Torah, which is Shmtishi Safik Shmini? Which day is it? So listen to this. So the Gemara says, Amarav, this is wild. Amarav, Rav says, Maschil Musafin. What you should do is you should begin, you should begin on Musaf, on what we, what we call Shmini Atzeres, which is Shmini Safik Shvi'i. Maybe it's the eighth day, maybe it's the seventh day. So begin Mosaf, get ready for this, Rabbi Begin Mosaf, posek, the mincha, the arvis, the shachris, then don't say it. Mincha time, myrif time, and shachris of what we call Simchas Torah, which is Tishi'i, Safek, Shmini, the Chozir ben Musafin. And then continue again in Mosaf of Simchas Torah. We'll say, amazing, no? So begin Musaf of what we call Shemini Atzeres, then stop, then stop. Mincha, Mayriv, Shachris, because again, that might be the seventh, eighth day, eighth, and then begin Musaf again on Simchas Torah. So Amr Lehu Shmuel. So Shmuel says, Poku, Va'amru Leila Abba, go out and tell Abba, right? Go out and tell Rav, Acher Shasisa Kodesh Taaseuchal. Doesn't make sense. Right, once you begin something in tefillah, literally once you made it sanctified, you're gonna make it mundane, which again means it doesn't make any sense. Once you started saying something, then you're gonna stop and then reinstitute it later on. Allah Amr Shmuel, rather Shmuel says, Maschil be Musafin, um, 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 mincha. 
Right? I will say, here's what Shmuel says. Start on what we call Shmini Atzeres, which is Shmini Safik Shivi. So start by Mosaf, still say it by Mincha, then Posek Arvis Vishachris. Stop by Meirev and Shachris of what we call Simchas Torah. Because we'll say, what is Shmuel essentially adding? See, what Shmuel is doing is he's saying, listen, once you started it on a particular day, you have to at least what? Finish that day. Finish that day. So if you started it on Shmini Atzeres, you started in Mosav, you got to finish it through Mincha. Fine. I understand what you're doing. You want to hedge your bet a little bit. So you could stop by Mayriv and Shachris of what we call Simchas Torah, which is, which is Tashi'i, Safek Shmini. That's, that's fine. That's fine. But Lamais, you have to say for the rest of the day. So the Gemara, listen to this. And then you'll continue. You'll restart it again by Musaf of Simchas Torah, which again is Tashi'i, Safek Shmini. Incredible. So we'll say, top of hay, top of hay. Rava Amar Rava says, no, guys, this does not make any sense. Kevat Shehizchel, once you started, Shuv Eina Posek. We don't stop. We don't stop. The Chinam Rav Sheshes, Kevat Shehizchel, Shuv Eina Posek. And Rav Sheshes said it as well. Once you started, so you're say, once you're going to start it on what we call Shemini Atzeres. Granted, our Shemini Atzeres is what? Again, not anymore, but it was Shemini Safek Shri'i. Maybe it's day eight, maybe it's day seven, but that's Shemini Atzeres, that's when we will start. And once you start, you do not stop. Even Rav retracted this position and he said, You count 21 days. 21 days from Rosh Hashanah. The same way I will say that when's Yom Kippur, when's Yom Kippur, 10 days after, right from the first day of Rosh Hashanah, you count 21 days, that gives you from Rosh Hashanah, that gives you Shmini Atzeres, Umaschil, and you begin to say, And once you start, you do not stop. This is indeed the halacha. Once you start, On what we call Shmini Atzeres. Even though our Shmini Atzeres is Shmini Safek Shvi'i, you do not stop. So I'll say, it turns out that the sugya concludes that the halacha follows Really, again, it's Rabbi Yehuda's position in Rabbi Yoshua. Remember, Rabbi Yoshua is the one in the Mishnah who said that you begin Mashiach Ramar when on Shmini Atzeres, on Shmini Atzeres, eighth day. Rabbi Yoshua didn't tell us when. And interestingly enough, from the Gemara, it appears that Rabbi Yoshua's position himself was maybe even to start Shachris of Shmini Atzeres. But Rabbi Yehuda comes along and, and tells us we begin, we begin on Musaf Shmini Atzeres. And even though there's a sveik of the Yoma in Chutz it's about which day is Shmini, which day is Shvi, we begin from the day that we treat as Shmini Atzeres, even though it's Shmini Safek Shvi, and once you start, you do not stop. Shabosai, let me draw your attention to the Shulchan Aruch that I sent you in the, in the WhatsApp chat yesterday, just to show you this halacha inside, and we'll close out this sugya. Now, Shabosai, the sugya, well, let's take a look. Says the Shulchan Aruch, this is in Simen, Kuf Yud Dalit in Arachayim. We begin to insert. We begin to insert in the second bracha of Shmona Esrei. But Tfilas Musaf shall Yom Tov Ha'acharon shall Chag. So this is how we pass Galach Lamaisa. We begin to insert Mashivarach Amari Dagashem by Shach by Musaf. Excuse me of Shmini Atzeres. The Ein Poskin 
Atfilas Musaf Shayom Tavarishon Shapesach. And when do we conclude? When do we conclude? By Musaf of the first day of Pesach. Again, that's why Musaf by the first day of Pesach, we have Tfilas Tal. Tfilas Tal. So that's when we say, Asher Rachamar Good. So I will say, so now, the, of course, the, the million dollar question, which I alluded to on Sunday, is I don't understand. If we're beginning Masher Rachamar Rageshem on Shemini Atzeres, the logical time to begin this insertion is when? Is when? Is Myrith. Is Myrith. Like, like we do every other insertion by Tefillah. Take a look at the Mishnaburah, Sith Cotton Bays. The Tefillah Mosav says in Mishnaburah, V'haya roi l'haskil l'ratos l'fnei Hashem miyom tavarishon shalchag, shenidonin ba'al amayim. So I'll say, so first of all, the Mishnaburah says, in reality, we should have started Masha Ruch HaMurad HaGeshem really on the first day of Sukkot. Like we started, right? Because that's really Sukkot is the beginning of the rainy season. However, but because we don't really want rain during Sukkot, so we'll delay the insertion until Shemini Atzeres. Skip down a little bit. So we'll say, so remember, so now I understand, really I should have started first day Sukkot. But I'm not going to start first day Sukkot because I don't really want rain on Sukkot. Fine. Why not start Mayriv on Shmini Atzeres? He says, We'll say, what's the concern? Not everybody comes to shul by Marif. Right, right, right. I know this is, this is a time-honored tradition. Right, so I'll say, so not everybody comes to shul by Marif. So therefore, again, what's the concern? What's the concern? The concern is, well, so you're going to have a situation where that means by Marif time, some people will be saying Mashivaruch, some people won't be saying Mashivaruch, and by Shachris as well. And I will say, if there's one thing we try to avoid within Klal Yisrael, it's agudos, agudos. It's, again, it's splintered groups. We don't want that. The clock of Klal Yisrael is achtos, is unity, and especially in the realm of tefillah. We don't want some Jews davening this way, some Jews davening that way. We want everybody united in their tefillah. Such an incredible idea. I, so why not shachris? So why not shachris? V'lamein amaskir b'shachris. So we'll what's the issue? In order to ensure that everybody is saying, what do you need? You need, you need the Gabbai to announce it for the first time before davening. You can't announce it before Shachris. Why? Why? Because ideally, you're not supposed to interrupt between the bracha of Gal Yisrael and Shemona Esrei. So I can't say it, Mariv, because not everybody is in Shul. I can't say, right, and we're going to end up having splintered groups of Tila. I can't say it, Shachris, because you're not really supposed to make any announcements between Gal Yisrael and Shemona Esrei. So therefore, again, the first real plausible time that I can insert and ensure that everybody is unified in their tefillah is going to be Musaf of Shmini Atzeres. Good. So we'll say that's why, by the interestingly enough, the Mishnah says, what happens if you accidentally inserted on Mayriv on Shmini Atzeres or Shachris on Shmini Atzeres? What's the halacha? Interestingly enough, you don't have to go back. Right? Why don't you have to go back? Because technically, technically, it makes sense to start Mayriv of Shmini Atzeres. We can't because of certain logistical concerns, as you've seen. But we go ahead and we see that if you accidentally inserted it, you don't have to go back. Which I both say, by the way, now you also understand why we, why we, why we don't stop 
until Musaf of the first day. Same idea of Pesach. You can't stop Mairib because if you stop Mairib, not everybody's in Shul. Shachris, by stopping Mashibrach Muragashim, you have a different issue, which is what? We never announce, this is actually going to be today's death, we never announce to stop asking for rain. That's an inappropriate thing for a Jew. We never stop. In other words, you can't say, stop asking for bracha. We, we, we don't do that. So the way we know to stop saying Mashurach Merda Geshem is how? Through Tfilas Tal in Chazaris Hashatz. So interestingly enough, in our private Shemona Esrei, we say Mashurach Merda Geshem. Right? It's only when the Chazan goes ahead and says Tfilas Tal that we know to stop. Good. We'll focus on the cessation of it at a different time, but at least now you know the Halacha Lamaisa. You saw the Sugyo. I'll begin on first day of, on, on, excuse me, on Shemini Atzeres, eighth day of Sogis. Good. Mishnah Bosai. Admasai Shalom Atzagi Shamim. So we'll say, so now this is the back end of that Sogia. Until what point in time do we, uh, do we ask for enough? So we'll say, now remember, now we're focusing on the same Tal Umatra Livracha. So when do we go ahead? Actually, I shouldn't say that. But let's just go with the Mishnah's statement right now. Until what point in time do we ask for rain? Yehuda Omer, Okay, fine. We're going to say in So Yehuda says until Pesach is over. So we'll go ahead and we'll insert the same Talmud Libracha up until the conclusion of Pesach. Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Meir says Nisan. Rabbi Meir says no. We'll continue to ask for rain until the end of Nisan. And the Gemara says Shene Emar Vayored Lachem Geshem Umore Umalkosh Berishon. Right, because the pasuk says that ultimately Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "I will bring down for you Geshem, Mora, and Malkosh." Again, we'll discuss these are all different types of rain, Berishon, in the first month. In the first month, so you see that Halacha Lamaisa, it's appropriate for rain to come through the end of the first month, through the end of Nisan. Because we'll say fundamental machlokas. Yoreb and Nisan. say we'll discuss the different types of rain. But Rav Nachman says Rabbi Yitzchak, does Yore does Yore rain fall down in Nisan? Yore Marcheshvanu. Yore rain. So different types here for different seasons. Yore rain. Yore falls in Marcheshvan. Tisnan Yore be Marcheshvan. Umalkosh be Nisan. Malkosh rain falls down in Nisan. Amar lehachi. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Bimei Yoel ben Pesuel miskayim mikros. What's an incredible Gemara? This normally you're right. Normally, what we call what we call yore rain, which is a stronger rain, does not fall in Nisan. It falls in Cheshvan. But when did yore rain? And again, the Gemara will define all of these terms. When did yore rain fall in Nisan? It was a miracle which occurred during the times of the Navi Yoel. What happened? Because the Gemara talks. Sorry, the Navi talks about a plague of locusts that came, and the locusts devoured everything, right? Gezem and Arbe are different types of locusts. Whatever the Gezem left over, the Arbe devoured. Osashana, so that particular year, Osashana, Yatsa Adar Velo Yardu Gishamim. Just to give you the context, this was a famine that was decreed during the days of Yehoram, who was the son of Ahab. Right, so it was a, it was it was a it was a not a dramatic but a devastating famine that was decreed upon Amisrael because of their worship of Avodah Zarah. So every, everything was decimated. Everything was decimated. So then they did tshuva. So the Navi says as follows. So uh, so I'm sorry. So we'll say that year Adar had passed and it still had not rained. So we'll say so understand what that means. Rain, the first rains are supposed to come in Cheshvan. So already again, we're up to Adar 
and there was not one rainfall. So what happened? So the Nabi Yah said to them, Go ahead and take whatever remaining wheat you have and plant it. So the people said to Yah, that doesn't make any sense. We have very little wheat left. So we have a choice. We could plant it and then we'll mamish have nothing to eat. Or at least we could have it to eat and hopefully find other ways to survive. In other words, by telling us to plant our remaining wheat, you are affected. It's a, it's a death sentence. It's a death sentence. So you all said, no, listen to me. Take your remaining wheat and go ahead and plant it. So the Gemara says a miracle occurred. What was the miracle? They found wheat hidden in the walls. And they found, so what's the wheat hidden in the walls? It was wheat stored by mice. They found wheat hidden in the walls and they found wheat hidden in ant holes. In ant holes. Yatsu Vizaru. So they went ahead and they took their remaining wheat. So they had, they had a little bit left to eat. They took their remaining wheat and they planted it. Sheni Ushlishi Urevi. Viardulahem Revia Shnia. So we'll say, so what happens? Remember, when is this occurring? This is all occurring on the first of Nisan. On the first of Nisan. So they're planting their wheat on the first of Nisan. Sheni Ushlishi Urevi. Viardulahem Revia Shnia Bechamishi. So then the second day of Nisan went by. Third day. Fourth day, and then ultimately again, it rained again on the fifth day of Nisan. So they plant on the first, it rains, it rains again on the fifth day of Nisan. Hekrivu Omer Bishisha Nisan. Bishisha, and they and they offered up the Omer on the sixteenth of Nisan. Right? So say second day Pesach. So you understand what happened over here? They planted on the first day of Nisan. And ultimately, again, they're already offering up the Omer on the 16th day of Nisan. Higdila Peshisha Chadashi. I'm sorry. So Nimseis, it turns out that Tfua Hagedela Peshisha Chadashim Gedela Ba'achad Asayom. It turned out that wheat, which would normally take six months to grow, had effectively grown in 11 days. In 11 days. So an Omer, which normally comes from barley, which takes six months to grow, now came from barley, which took 11 days to grow. And about that generation, it is said, So what do we say? Those Those who sow, those who plant with seeds, will go ahead and harvest with joy. They, I'm sorry, planted with tears. They planted with tears, well said, because remember, they were devastated about having to take their remaining food supply and plant it. So they planted with tears, but ultimately, again, they harvested with incredible joy the bounty that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had given them. What does it mean? Haloch yelech uvacho no semeshech hazara. So what about the next phrase? Haloch yelech uvacho, which literally means he goes and he comes and is crying. No semeshech hazara. He carries the container of seeds. What is that referring to? My haloch yelech ubacho. No semeshech. No semeshech. What does that mean? But listen to this. It's not referring to people. I'm Rabbi Huda. Shar. Kishu choresh holech ubocha. You know, the shar, the ox, when it was plowing, would cry. Right? Why do you say, you know, the haloch is lo saksom shar bedisho. 
you're not permitted to muzzle your ox when it plows. Why not? Because the ox should be able to eat while it's plowing. Now let's muzzle it. So the ox, haloch yelech uvacho. The ox, the ox, as it was plowing, it was crying. Why was it crying? There was nothing to eat. There was nothing to eat. But amazingly enough, the same ox, when it, so when it was plowing, when it was going by the first time, ultimately again, nothing to eat. As it was coming back, as it was coming back already again, it ate the sprouted greens from the furrows. So in other words, by the time it was already making its way back along the field, already things had begun to sprout and already the ox had what to eat. And that's why it says when it comes back, it comes back with celebration. Referring to the ox. My nose alumosov. What does the phrase mean? Literally, both say nose alumosov means carrying the sheaves. What does that mean? What it means is, in that generation, this miracle, by the Navi Yoel, there was such incredible growth that each stalk was, was the size of a hand. And each ear was two was two hand widths or two hand spans. Amrali Rabbi Nachman Rabbi Yitzchak, my dechsev ki kara Hashem the Rav v'gamba el Eretz shevash. I'm sorry, quoting over here, quoting over here the pasuk from Malachim Beis ki kara Hashem the Rav. Chazbarachu called for a famine v'gamba el ha'Eretz sheva shanim, and the famine will come to the land for seven years. So b'hanach sheva shanim my achal. What did the people eat during those we'll seven-year famine? What do you eat during a seven-year famine? So it says the Gemara, The first year, they ate what was in the homes. The second year, they ate that which was in the field. Third year, they ate their livestock. The fourth year, they ate non-kosher animals. Chamishis basar shkatsim b'ramasim. Sixth year, fifth year, they ate again, you know, ro- creepy crawly things. Shishis basar b'nei menoseim nebach. Again, in the sixth year, they ate their children. Shviyis basar zuraoseim. The seventh year, ultimately, again, literally, they ate their arms. So, I will say, so again, the first point out this idea that remember, this was not normal famine, right? They will say, in other words. People, people have, unfortunately, famine is a reality of the human condition, right? What they're describing over here is something even more dramatic, symptomatic of the terrible spiritual decline of the Jewish people during this time. The kind mashinemar ish basar so again, just pointing out over here, pointing out over here that remember, remember how this whole discussion started, right? The Gemara said, the Gemara quoted the pasuk that said that Yore comes in Nisan. To which the Gemara says, when does Yore ever come in Nisan? Yore is the type of rain that comes in Cheshvan. To which the Gemara said, you're right. One time Yore came in Nisan. When was it? During the times of the Navi Yoel, the incredible miracle that came to end the seven years of famine, where a grain that would normally take six years to grow was produced ultimately again in 15 days. Incredible. It's so incredible. Quotes the Pasuk from Hosea. So the Gemara says, Bikir Kadosh, so we'll say, so literally translated what this means is, Bekir Becha Kadosh, when inside of you is sanctified, for the Avo Ba'ir, I will not come into the city. 
So what does that mean? So because you're holy on the inside, I won't come into the city. This is Baruch Hu talking. Let's we'll say that doesn't make sense. If anything, if 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 I'm holy on the inside, Hakadosh Baruch Hu certainly should join me in the city. But well, isn't that beautiful? This is. Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says this was. Omar Hakadosh Baruch Hu Shalom said Lo Avu Birushlaim Shalmala Ad Shavu Birushlaim Shalmata. What Hakadosh Baruch Hu says is, I will not reside in the celestial Yerushalayim until the earthly Yerushalayim is rebuilt. So I'll say that is the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to us. I will not rest in my celestial Yerushalayim until your earthly Yerushalayim is rebuilt. Lo avo. Bekir avo. Ultimately, again, only, right? It's only once your Yerushalayim is rebuilt that I will come back to my Yerushalayim. I'll say, look at Rashi for just a moment. Lo avo Yerushalayim. I'll say it's uh, five lines up from the bottom. Vahaki comes, that's what the passage means to say. This is what it means to say, Ad Shihebikirbecha Kadosh Lamata, until, until you are Kadosh, meaning Yushalayim Shalmata, Yushalayim of this world is Kadosh, Dahainu Yushalayim La Avo Beir Shalamala. I will not go to my Yushalayim ultimately until your Yushalayim is intact and holy. To which the Gemara says, Umi Iko Yushalayim Lamala, is there a celestial Yushalayim? Is Yushalayim in Shamayim? In, let's listen to this, how beautiful this is. Dechsev, Yerushalayim habenuya kiir shechubra la yachtov. Yerushalayim, ultimately, the rebuilt Yerushalayim, kiir shechubra la yachtov. We'll say the Gemara is translating over here. Look at Rashi. Yerushalayim habenuya kiir shechubra la yachtov. Yerushalayim shalamata te benuya kiir shechubra la shehi kiyotze bachaverta vindugmasa. So we'll say, into the way the Gemara is dashing in the Pasuk over here is, Kir Shechubrala, Yerushalayim Habenuya, Yerushalayim that is rebuilt in this world. Kir Shechubrala is like the city which is connected to it. Which is the city connected to Yerushalayim? That is the celestial Yerushalayim that is connected to the earthly Yerushalayim. We'll say what an incredible and beautiful and overwhelming idea. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has Yerushalayim in Shamayim, and we have a Yerushalayim in this world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises that he will not set up permanent residence in his celestial Yerushalayim until our Yerushalayim is rebuilt and intact. Quite, quite incredible. Quite incredible. So I'll say, so, okay, so the truth is that Tulsus has a different interpretation of this, but we'll leave this for now. We'll say, tr- truly, truly, absolutely, you just, by the way, you see the power and the beauty and the holiness of the city of Yerushalayim, that it's so intense and it's so incredible that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his own Yerushalayim as well. There's Yerushalayim Shalmata and the Yerushalayim Shalmata. We'll say, now, by the way, this, of course, also fits into the narrative that we saw in Masechus Rosh Hashanah, namely, remember again, I'll say, we saw Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai about he decreed that the Yom Hanef, the second day of Sukkot, he can't, second day of Pesach, he can't eat Chadash the entire time, because what is he concerned about? Mehira Yibane HaMikdash. And remember again, Rashi pointed out, Gemara pointed out, that in the third day, Samikdash of Yochanan ben Zakai, this was of the opinion that how is it going to come down? How is the third base going to come down? Fully intact. So if you understand this imagery of a celestial Yerushalayim, and an earthly Yerushalayim, the third base Amikdash Keviyachal comes down from the Yerushalayim Shalmala, and it comes down right and is situated into Yerushalayim Shalmata. Halalai, we should be Zorachim Eretz Hashem to see it with our own eyes. Mihir Rabbi Amenu. Shabbos say, let's go weiter. Umika Yerushalayim, yes, good. V'amalei Rabbi Yitzchak. 
What's the meaning of the Pasik? Quotes from the Pasik in um sorry. Uh quotes from the Pasik in Yermia. Ubaachos Yivaru vi Kaslu Musar Havalim Eitsu. What does this refer to? Amrali Hach Amrabi Yochanan. Achasi Shimeva Eres Risham Shivigehana. There is one sin which causes the Rishayim to burn in Gehenim. Mahi, what is it? Abel de Zara. So I say Abel de Zara is the sin which causes the Rishayim to burn in Gehenim. Ksif Hacha, it says over here, Musr Havalim Eitzu. It says here again that the, this Musr of folly is wood. Ksif Hasam, Hevel Hema Mase Tatuim. Ultimately, again, Hevel Mase Tatuim, which literally means nothingness, is the creations of their delusions. So what does it mean when it says, my nation has committed two evils against me? That's it. But we're in pretty good shape. Right? If we've only committed two evils against the Kaddish Baruch Hu, that's fantastic. Right? Only two. To which the Gemara says, Ultimately, again, the Gemara recounts 24 Averus. 24 Averus. That we committed against the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So why does the Pasuk only say two? Amrabi Hachi, Amrabi Yochanan. This is what the Yochanan meant to say. Achos, one Avera, one Avera, Amadeis, Shehishkula Kishtayim. One Avera that's like two Averas. And what's the one Avera that's like two Averas? Umaynihu, Avodizara. Idolatry. Dechsev, what's the second line? Hey, Amadeis, Dechsev, Kishtayim, Ra'os, Asa, Ami. There are two evils. That my nation has committed. O si azvu makar chayim. So we'll say here the Gemara is quoting the pasuk from Yirmiyo. So let me just read to you. Kishtaim rose asami. My nation committed two evils. So azvu makar chayim. Makar makar mayim chayim. They have left literally again the source. Makar mayim chayim. The source of living waters. Lachsov lahem boros boros nishpaim asher lo yachilu hamayim to dig for themselves. Broken cisterns that will not yield any water. That will not yield any water. Uksibahu, and it says, Uksibahu ki avru iye kitim verau keida. Because we'll say the Pasik then says, once again by, by Yermio, ki ivru iye kitim, which literally means they have gone ahead and passed over the ayim of the, 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 the islands of the kitim. Uru Kedar. So what does this mean? Shokhu Bisbonu Maud, Hayi Yomer Goye Goy Elohim, Vehema Lo Elohehem, Vaami Hemir Kvodo Bolo Yoyo. So this is actually quite interesting. So the Gemara says, the Gemara quotes this passage from Yermio and is comparing the Jews to the nations of the world. How so? Tana Kusim Ovdim Laish. The Kusim, they worship fire. Ukidarim over Lamayim. The Kedarim, they worship the water. And even though everyone knows that the water extinguishes the fire, so we'll say, this is incredible. Listen to this. See, the Kusim, they, they worship the water, right? And, and the... Uh, sorry, just for a second. Okay, so the Kusim, they go ahead and they, they worship the fire, sorry. And the Kedarim, they worship the water. Now, what's the interesting part? The interesting part of this is the Kusim know, the Kusim know that water extinguishes fire. Yet what? 
they still maintain a fidelity and allegiance to their God. So we'll say, here's something amazing. And even though they know that the water extinguishes the fire, still, the Kusim still don't forsake their God. Who says, you know what? I respect that. I respect that. You know what? You make a choice, you choose a team, and you honor your commitment to your team. I absolutely respect that. On the other hand, below Yoel. My nation, my nation, they forsake me, and they're, she will say, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this goes back to what we said yesterday, and the day before, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks for is commitment and consistency. <coughs> if you're committed, if you're committed, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's not really being as much consistency, it's commitment. So he sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at the Ovdeh Avodah Zarah, and he says, wow, it's so clear that the Avodah is not real, right? It's so clear that fire can't be, the, I'm sorry, that fire can't be the God, because fire can be extinguished by water, right? This goes back to Avram Avinu when he smashed all of the idols in Terach's shop. It is so clear that Avodah Zarah is false, yet its worshippers are so committed to it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that's incredible. My nation, often they're not committed to me. And they're willing to exchange me for anything and everything else which suits their purpose. I will say, it's almost as in the, in the Pasuk, you hear the hurt of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? How could it be that Avodah Zarah has such committed adherence? And yet sometimes my own people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, lack that level of commitment. It's such a profound Musar. Which I will say, you know, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to us is, I don't need you to be perfect. I don't even need you to be great. I just need you to be committed. And I will say, commitment doesn't mean I get it right all the time. And commitment doesn't mean that I don't sin. Commitment just means, I will say the same way, I'm committed to my wife. Do I, does that mean I never make mistakes? Every day. Every single day. Multiple times each day. And they're categorized and they're alphabetized, right? And they're ranked, right? From less severe to most severe. But I will say, amazingly enough, those mistakes don't mean that I'm not committed. I'm a thousand percent committed. I'm a million percent committed. I'm all in. I'm all in. And that commitment, I want to point out, in all seriousness, in a marriage, that commitment is what allows you to rebuild after mistakes. Right? Because each party knows we're both committed. Okay, we made mistakes. Let's fix this. But we're both in. We're both fully committed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says what's often lacking in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that all-in sense of commitment. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu admires the fact that it exists by the Umar Sa'olam, it exists by the idolaters, but sometimes it doesn't exist by Klal Yisrael. It's pretty profound. What does it mean when it says, well, it's an incredible Gemara. Pasik says, Shmuel got old. Shmuel got old. But is Shmuel really that old? So the Gemara says, but says Shmuel was only 52 years old when he died. Shmuel was only 52 when he died. Shmuel died when he was 52 years old. So I'm sorry. So we listen to this. So what does it mean? What does it mean when it says? Sorry. What does it mean when it says? When it says that Shmuel died old. listen to this. It means that Shmuel aged prematurely. He got very old, very young. Now, now what happened? Now, here's what's interesting. 
This, the Gemara quotes, the Gemara quotes this idea in Shabbos. You can see Mizrahi Zara quotes it in Shabbos. Of Zikna Kafzalov. There, in the Gemara Masech Shabbos, the Marsha comments, and the Marsha says, there's a good reason why Zikna Kafzalov, because the yoke of leadership does that to a person. When a person assumes the mantle of leadership, it ages them. It ages them. So it's not a miracle. It's not a miracle that Shmuel aged prematurely. It's a Matthias that Shmuel aged prematurely. That level, and remember again, think about also the level of responsibility that Shmuel, that Shmuel had on his shoulders. He, under Shmuel, they transitioned from the Shoftim to Malachim, from a Shofet to a king. I mean, they still had a Shofet, but they went from a Shofet model to a king model. So the Gemara Masech Shabbos indicates that Shmuel aged prematurely because of the awesome responsibility which rested on his shoulders. The Gemara here has a different interpretation. Watch this. What happened to Shmuel that caused him to age prematurely? So says the Gemara, because the passage says, Baruch Hu says, I'm very upset that I allowed Shaul to be king. Right? In the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shaul's monarchy was a failed monarchy. So what happened? Amr the fun of Rebbe, so both Baruch Hu is ready to, ready to take the life of Shaul. So Shmuel says, Amr the fun of Rebbe, Shalom, Shekal Sani Kimoshev Aram. So Shmuel says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you told me that I am as great as Moshe and Aram. Dechsev, Moshe and Aram b'Kohanov, u'Shmuel b'Korei Shemo. So Shmuel Hanavi says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you told me that I am as great and as important and as holy as Moshe and Aram. But yet by Moshe and Aram, ma Moshe Aram lo batlu ma'aseyedein b'chayeyem. Moshe and Aram, they're literally again ma'aseyedein, they're creations, which means they're Talmud. They're Talmud did not predecease them. Now, who's the Talmud of Moshe and Aaron? Yoshua. Now, Rashi points out, everyone thinks Yoshua as the Talmud of Moshe. He was also the Talmud of Aaron. So Moshe and Aaron, they were privileged to see their student outlive them. So Shmuel says, I can't bear to see my creation, my Talmud, Shaul predecease me. I can't bear to see that. Amaliyah Kodesh Baruch Hu. Simon Shalom says, well, what should I do? Hechi Diyavid. Hechi Baruch says, what are my options here? Lemos Shaul, Loka Shavik Shmuel. To take the life of Shaul, Shmuel will not permit that. You hear these words? You hear the power of a tzaddik? Hechi Baruch Hu says, I would take the life of Shaul, but I can't because Shmuel will not let it. That's the power of the tefillah of a tzaddik. So lo, tzaddik, Mars, Lemos Shmuel, if I cause Shmuel to die now, so maybe Shmuel has to die in order that the monarchy of Shaul could come to an end. Adizutar miranini abasre. So we'll say, if I take Shmuel at a young age, people will associate his premature death with some type of sin, and I can't be motilaz. I can't allow such lashonara to be spoken about my beloved prophet. So lo lemo Shaul, lo lemo Shmuel. So to not, so let's say I let both Shmuel and Shaul live, that doesn't work. Kivar higia malchus David. It is already time for David's monarchy, and one monarchy cannot overlap with another monarchy, even a hair's breadth. So what should I do? I will cause Shmuel to age prematurely, so that he will look like a very old man, he will die, 
and people will just assume that he died of old age. That's why Shmuel caused Shmuel to age prematurely so that he would look like an old man. So Baruch Hu could take Shmuel's life. Why did he take Shmuel's life? To be able to honor the request of Shmuel. The request of Shmuel, namely, to not go ahead and have Shaul predecease him. The Gemara says, V'shol Yoshev Begibah, or I should say, actually, well, we'll see. V'shol Yoshev Begibah, Tach Asa'ishol Beramah. Shaul was sitting, I will say, listen to this passage. Shaul was sitting in Megibah, Tachas Tachas Ishol Beramah. So I will say, V'givah, V'givah, Rashi says over here, well, let me finish the Gemara. V'chi ma'anyin givah, Eitzel Ramah, but I will say ultimately again, what is Giva doing by Ramah? I will say these are two different geographic areas, right? Ultimately again, Giva, Giva was an area in the tribal area of Binyamin. Ramah, Ramah was in Ephraim. So what does it mean that Shaul is sitting in the Giva, in the Shevet of Ephraim, right? In the area of Ephraim, by the Ramah, I'm sorry, in the area of Binyamin, by the Ramah of Ephraim, Elalom Elachal, what allowed, what allowed Shaul to go ahead and dwell in the Giva two and a half years? I would say Shaul was king for two and a half years. What allowed for that? Ultimately, again, it was the Tfilah of Shmuel. Then ultimately, again, if it was up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Rebbe would have taken Shaul's life earlier, but it was the Tfilah of Shmuel which gave Shaul a bit of longevity. So the Gemara says, Umi matchi gavra mikame garva. Now, both say, now listen to this. So the Gemara says something fascinating. They both say, if you look at this discussion, essentially what Kaddish Baruch Hu says is, someone's got to die. Someone's got to die. Why does someone have to die? Because it is time for David to become king, and one monarchy cannot overlap with another monarchy. So something's got to give over here. So the Gemara says, is that how Kaddish Baruch Hu runs the world? That literally one person's agenda pushes another person aside. Now again, it's not David's agenda, it's God's agenda for David. But this notion, this notion that it's time for David to reign, and therefore again, other people have to be pushed off the stage. Shmuel has to, well not as much Shmuel, but Shaul has to be pushed off. Does the Chadash Baruch Hu actually run the world this way? So the Gemara says, in, yes, so let's do this. says as follows: I have chatzafti means carved out. I have carved out by the prophets. I have killed them with the word of my mouth. It doesn't say b'maseim. It doesn't say ultimately again as a result of their sin. Which means ultimately I'm going to say this: sometimes people die because of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's gzera, which I will say tells you something amazing. Sometimes things happen to us, not because of us, but because the Chadish Baruch Hu has to set the stage for other things to occur, which is an incredibly humbling experience, humbling idea. In other words, we don't exist in a vacuum, and our lives don't exist in a vacuum, and sometimes we are part of a much larger picture. And because of that, sometimes there are circumstances in my life that occur because the Chadish Baruch Hu is setting the stage for something else to unfold. So I'll say, you see this, by the way, in the stories of Tanakh all of the time, where people are caught up in circumstances, not of their own choosing, 
or not of their own doing, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is setting the stage for something else. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally says to Shmuel, it's time for David to reign. Shaul has to be removed from the picture, because one monarchy cannot overlap with another monarchy, even a hair's breadth, right? It just, it just, cannot, it just cannot happen. So therefore, I will say, so the Gemara says, yes, so this is what's called mitri gavra mikame gavra. One person is set aside, in order to go ahead and, in order to go ahead and make room for another. Like, again, it's a very humbling yisod, but it highlights the idea that we do not exist in a vacuum. We are all cogs in the wheel. Our individualistic identities are incredibly important, but at the end of the day, sometimes there are circumstances in life that I am impacted by that don't even have as much to do with me as much as they have to set the stage for something bigger and better to occur. Incredible. Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak, Kaviyas, Vizudas, Vos, listen to this incredible Gimara. Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak were sitting down to a Suda together. Amrali Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak. Rav Nachman said to Rav Yitzchak, Nu, Leima, Mar, Milsa, tell me a Dvar Torah. Rav Nachman said, Tell me a good Vart. Amrali, so Rav Nachman says back to him, I'm sorry, Rav Yitzchak says back to him, Amrali, Hachim, Rav Yochanan, this Rav Yochanan said, Ein Masich in Besudi. You want to hear a good Vart? The vart is, we don't talk during the meal. Why? Shema yaktim kana levesha. Because perhaps, again, perhaps the windpipe will come in front of the esophagus and cause a person to choke. Right? That's my divar Torah. Right? You could both say, you could use this one. Right? If, if you ever put on the spot, right? you always have that awkward, right? You say divar Torah, and you weren't listening during Shia, right? So you don't have a divar Torah. This is always a good one. I would love to, but Chazal said you shouldn't, right? Chazal said it's a choking hazard. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, after the Suda, after the Suda, so ultimately, again, Rabbi so ultimately, again, after the Suda, Rabbi Yitzhak said as follows. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Yaakov Avinu Lomais. So I'll tell you a good vart. What's the vart? Yaakov Avinu did not die. That's the vart. Yaakov Avinu never died. Amrle, he said to him, Yaakov Avinu never died. Amrle, v'chi b'chtei saftu sabdaino v'chantu chantayo v'kavru kavaria. That's interesting. Because they eulogized Yaakov and they embalmed Yaakov and they buried Yaakov. So what do you mean that Yaakov Avinu didn't die? Amrle, Mikrani Dorish. I'm dashing a pasuk. Shnei Amar viato al tira av Yaakov nu Hashem. And you, because we're over here quoting the pasuk from Yirmiyo. Viato al tira av Yaakov. Do not fear my servant Yaakov. Nu Hashem viatachas Israel ki hinini moshi acha mirachok. So ve'zarachah me'aretz shiv'aretz shiv'yom makish hu lezaro. So the pasuk compares Yaakov Avinu to his offspring. Mazaro bechayim. Just like his offspring are alive, af hu So to Yaakov Avinu is alive. So I will say this idea. Right, we're familiar with this name, this Gemara. But what does it mean that Yaakov Avinu is still alive? I will say, how, how do you understand this? Okay, so the truth is, you know, this this is a sentiment you often hear expressed at Alavaya, right? So obviously, the Gemara is not highlighting the idea that Yaakov Avinu is physically alive. His memory is alive. His, his life les- life lessons are alive. But what does it mean that Yaakov Avinu lo meis? So I will say, I'll share with you, with this we'll have to conclude, I'll share with you an incredible idea that's brought down by the Svasanas. The Svas Emma says, listen to these words. Kal adam bali olam So Svas Emma says, the Gerebbe says, every person comes into this world 
for a shlichus, for an ishtibosay. See, people think that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Zechat Zadik V'Kadosh Levracha, was the first one who came up with the idea of a shlichus. Right? It's not true. Right? Shlichus is part of the essence of Kalal Yisrael from time immemorial. Right? Every person comes into this world with a shlichus. And what happens when you finish your shlichus? What happens when you finish your shlichus? Life comes to an end. That's it. Finish your shlichus, life is over. Yaakov Avinu, so listen to this. I'll tell you the rest of this outside. Yaakov Avinu was the first person, was the first person to ever show us that a person could have more than one shlichos in life. Isn't this incredible? And where did Yaakov Avinu show this to us? Through the transition, actually, I'll say, this week's parasha. What happens in this week's parasha? Vaivaser Yaakov Levado. Yaakov was alone at night and he struggles with the mysterious Ish, the mysterious man. And he fights the whole night. And the sun comes up, he's still standing. He's injured, but he's still standing. He's still standing. And what happens in that moment? What happens? Ultimately, again, Yaakov Avinu's name is changed from Yaakov to Yisrael. So Sezasas MS something amazing. What happens in this week's parasha when there is a name change? Yaakov Avinu gets a new shlichos. He gets a new shlichos, a new life mission. His first mission was Yaakov, was a mission as an individual. And now his new mission is new shlichos. Yisrael, you know, Yaakov is an individual identity. Yisrael is a national identity. His shlichos changes. Says the Svas MS. Yaakov Avinu is the first person who taught us the concept that you could have more than one shlichos in life. And therefore, says the Sasana, so this is have to conclude, that what's, this is the meaning of the Gemara. What is Yaakov Avinu Lomes? Yaakov Avinu didn't die. That again, Yaakov Avinu taught us that Allah when one shlichos comes to an end, that doesn't have to be the end of the road for you. There could be an additional shlichos. There could be an additional agency. There could be an additional life mission. So many times in life, we begin a shlichos. And the shlichos doesn't work out. And we think for ourselves that this is the end of the road. But it's not true. Yaakov you know, teaches us there could be more than one shlichos in existence. There could be more than one purpose in life. There could be more than one mission. And even when one thing comes to an end, either because you finish the shlichos or it comes to a grinding halt because of circumstances beyond your control, just because you've come to the end of the road doesn't mean that there's not another shlichos waiting for you. Sometimes when we start something and we end and it comes to an abrupt halt, we think, oh, Misa, it's the end of the road. Yaakov Avinu Lomes. Just like when Yaakov ceases to exist, but Yisrael begins, it's a new shlichos, a brand new chapter of life. So too, even when one shlichos ends, another one always begins. We'll stop over here for today. We'll continue with this Gemara tomorrow. Shkaya everyone.